Hey guys, Rusty here, and this is something a little different. This is episode one of the From the Bench podcast with Taylor Weesey, uh, presented by Projectile Warehouse. This is a new podcast project that we have got underway at the moment, and this is all focused on reloading. So if reloading is something you're interested in getting into or something you love doing, uh, this is the place to check it out. Taylor was kind enough to have me on the first episode. We spoke a lot more about the intention of the podcast and and where it will lead and what Taylor wants to cover with it. But we do get into some reloading details as well. So if you like it, you can find it in your various podcast apps uh, or on the Projectile Warehouse YouTube channel from the bench with Taylor EC. Check it out now. This is the From the Bench podcast presented by Projectile Warehouse with Taylor Weezy. And our first guest on our first episode is going to be none other than Mr. Rusty. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, mate, thanks for uh, teeing this up. I think this whole <laughs> this whole sort of project has been a bit of a brainchild between between both you and I. Yeah. And, and um, no, I'm, I'm thankful for you sort of bringing me on board and giving me the capacity to do this, man. No, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. So let's uh, let's tell everyone what's uh, what's going on, what the plan is with uh, From the Bench. Okay. Um, so From the Bench kind of came about um, as far as I was sort of pretty new to reloading only a couple of months ago and then got talking to you and have started my own reloading journey. And then we were having conversations around um, how – I was surprised at how much knowledge was out there to be found um, as far as reloading goes and how if you if you were smart enough to sift through that, it actually wasn't overly difficult getting started in this. Like all the resources were out there, but we sort of discussed how I felt like the difficult thing was sifting through that and finding where to grab what resource and bring it to the one place. And so then we started talking about, well, wouldn't it be cool to to start up a podcast and a YouTube channel, which is what we're doing with the Projectile Warehouse YouTube channel? Mm. Um, the Projectile Warehouse YouTube channels may be starting as more of your, your basic beginner entry into it, and then this mm. podcast is going to be a platform for us and um, other top shooters to explore the more in-depth, technical, deeper side of reloading. But just have that have that home base where people could come to uh, as a resource to you know deepen their knowledge and also just enjoy listening to what other reloaders are doing you know what calibers they're reloading you know the more technical side of it because that was something that i enjoyed from other podcasts anytime they got into the specifics about what they were running and you know how it had worked for them i enjoyed the gear side of it yeah so we just thought hey let's let's do something with that yeah absolutely it's been an exciting process to it to get here so yeah as you as you mentioned about the projectile warehouse uh uh, YouTube channel, so this will actually exist on that YouTube channel. But we wanted, we wanted that format, w- w- which we've had with the other podcast I've done, where you've got this long format of you know sort of extended period of time, so you can actually cover a topic, yeah, a lot more in depth, go a lot deeper than trying to do a two minute or three minute wrap video up, yeah. wrap up to to keep people's attention on YouTube, where you know this this can be played while people are reloading. Yeah, funny enough, or, or driving a tractor like I've been doing. <laughs> driving a tractor, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, that and and so this is the opportunity where the the YouTube channel certainly initially for the first hundred videos is going to be pretty top level, pretty getting started sort of stuff. Yeah. While this isn't like not for, this is also for beginners, but yeah. it's also got that opportunity to go a lot deeper. Yeah. 
Uh, and and so I remember we this also sort of came about initially from when COVID kicked in, we started the Impact Dynamics live channel. And we often had Steve Hurt, but but a couple other guys come on yeah. on the Thursday reloading night. And that was probably regularly our most popular shows. Yeah, definitely. And we and the joy in that, because it was about an hour long show, we were able to get pretty deep. Um, and sometimes Sometimes we, we dropped in the numbers because we, we got very deep. Yeah. But for the guys who stuck around... They um, get something out of it. They got yeah. a lot out of it. Or the feedback was they got heaps out of it and information that was like, man, I don't know. And I personally got heaps out of it because uh, the, the guys on the other side of the screen knew a ton about what they were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the... I mean, you, you'd agree that the reloading world is so varied and so yeah. many options yeah. that you can literally talk for days yeah. and days and days on the same topic yeah. and yeah. with different people and come to sort of all sorts of conclusions and it's not that they're like one one guy's wrong and no. everyone else is or yeah. one guy's right and everyone else is wrong yeah. it's a matter of there's there's multiple ways to yeah. to make yeah. it work you got to find what suits you and it's exciting hearing <coughs> other people's it's exciting hearing other people's um, method of how they got to the same result that maybe you got to with a different method. And it's mm. like kind of, in, yeah, it's, it, I just enjoy keeping an open mind about it and you know, listening to other people's opinion on it. Yeah, no, so I'm excited. So this is a wonderful forum to be able to delve into that. Not that, yeah. not that we're going to stop talking reloading on the Precision Shooting Podcast, no. but this is that dedicated forum and, and sort of to track your journey yeah. uh, about sort of uh, how you want to develop and, yeah. and get, get further down that pathway. Yeah. And I think it's probably going to sit in a format where it, we're, we're going to we're going to run with from the bench, and I think that whole idea is going to be basically phone calls that you make when you're in the reloading room, and you you know yeah. you're, you're trying to answer a question or you're trying to solve a puzzle, get out of trouble, you get out of trouble, yeah. yeah. You got something that's not working, and you and you call a mate or you you call someone more experienced than you, and you have that phone call with them. This is kind of going to be that area where where we do that. We make those phone calls to those guys that you want to hear from you want to hear what they're doing and how they're doing it and um do it that way so yeah mm. yeah no I, I, I like that and it certainly is that opportunity where uh, and that that is going to be quite literally the the podcast yeah. you, you will a lot of the the times your guests will be on the phone yeah. uh and so but but i think it really would be interesting to to hear and, and it'd be nice to to have a bunch of those guys on speed dial when you are reloading, yeah. Yeah. and so hopefully this can sort of bring that. Oh, oh yeah, this is all people. just a big ploy for me to have a a wealth of knowledge from yeah. all the top reloaders in Australia. I kind of picked that up. I kind of worked out. Oh, yeah, now I know yeah. what Taylor's doing. Yeah. Or maybe not even just Australia. <laughs> no. I, I basically wanted to just get to Eric Cortina and have him on speed dial <laughs> for all my questions. And so I've, this is the way this, to get this there. Is the way. This You've is told the me. You've told yeah. me you can hook me up. <laughs> Mr. EC. No promises, but yeah. I'm sure you're you're a charming young man. I'm sure you yeah. can you make your way into all sorts of people's DMs. Oh, we'll see. We'll see how we go. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Perfect, man. So, look, give us a bit of background on your reloading journey, I guess. Yeah. So, my reloading journey. Well, I guess the start of it is um, I've had other people reload for me. So, I, I've been a, a shooter and a, a hunter for a long time. I grew up on a farm. Still live on that farm, actually. Um, and so I've always been around shooting and hunting. And for my twenty first, I I said I didn't want a party. I wanted a rifle. So that's that's when I <laughs> that's when <laughs> I got that's right. yeah. So that's when uh, Dad got me my first sort of designated rifle that was for me. Um and um yeah didn't didn't want to run factory ammo with it. Knew that I wanted to reload because uh, we had like a close family friend. 
um, who's sort of one of dad's mates' fathers and he's been like just reloading for years. He's that dude that's like he's got – he reloads everyone in the district's rifles, you know. <laughs> like he's got every book <laughs> of every gun and, and he just goes into it and goes, oh, such and such as load is and then he looks it up and he's got it there. So I knew from the start that I wanted him to develop a load for my rifle because that's sort of what he did for dad's rifles. It was all sort of part of the process. So I never intended on running factory ammo even from the start. Um, not that – I'm against that. Like I think factory ammo is a, is a great option and becoming more and more viable as the factory ammo gets better. But um, I was always interested in the reloading but didn't have the time or the knowledge to do it myself. So had someone else doing it for me. So I saw the rewards of, you know, taking a gun that wasn't shooting that all that well and tuning it and tweaking it to the point where, you know, I was happy with it for my hunting rig. So I'd always had a bit of an understanding of reloading, but not to the detail you need to be able to do it yourself. I sort of you know, had watched him do it and things like that. And then it wasn't until, well, like like you spoke about, like the COVID thing, and I'd, I'd been living in Sydney for four years and then moved back to the farm just pre-COVID and, and was working you know, on a, uh, on a vineyard there. So I was in a tractor a, a lot of the time, spending a lot of time sitting in the tractor. And I found your podcast and I found um, you know Modern Day Sniper and VP Precision and a whole heap of other podcasts and basically just started listening to everything from the start and got the PRS bug and got the precision shooting bug and um, that catches us all pretty quickly and uh, thought, oh, man, I want to dive into this. I really want to do it. Um, uh, and so I started you know buying the components, the, the scope and the rifle and the different things to do it and originally had thought, no, I, I want to stay with factory ammo. I'm not going to dive into that whole other realm of, you know, buying the reloading kit. I'm just going to get the tools I need for the job and I'm going to just run with factory ammo for at least a year. I wanted to run a season of PRS just on factory ammo. Um, and my rifle did shoot factory ammo really well. I was running the, the Hornady 140 ELDM matches and, and it was shooting it awesome. But I, I, I hit a point where because uh, I was doing a lot of shooting because I'm on the farm, I was able to, to shoot pretty regularly and I I, um, I ended up buying a chronograph because I you know, Magneto Speed one. I just, you know, I was buying all the bits and pieces as you do um, and I was running stuff over it and I was realising that the if I wasn't willing to buy a huge amount of that ammo in a big, you know, big lot, the lot-to-lot consistency with my speeds was... Um, not where I wanted it to be because, you know, I was very quickly able to get a platform and get myself out to sort of 600 metres pretty easily on a, you know, a decent, like a, not a huge target, like a pretty small target. I was like, oh, wow, like this isn't, this isn't too difficult with the right components. And then when I wanted to go further than that and when I wanted to do it regularly, which meant I was going through more ammo, which meant I went from, you know, one lot onto the next lot of ammo, I was like, hang on a second, like, you know, what's changed here? And it's just that lot-to-lot consistency um, that you know, wasn't giving me the, the consistency that I wanted. And so I went, oh, well, I think I'm going to have to look at reloading as a, as a viable option here. And then um, I, I dove into it head first and, and, and went for it. So What did you start with? I had a, uh, a mate up sort of 20 minutes away from me that had bought a whole heap of reloading gear uh, and never used it. He'd bought it maybe nearly 10 years ago um, for something that he was building and never got into it. So... I actually managed to pick up some stuff a little bit cheaper than you know. I think it's a the uh, the Lee Breach Lock uh, classic cast, the bigger the bigger one of it, um, and it just had like a, a Hornady powder thrower. And I was gonna use uh, Dad's old beam scales. He's got those um, they're Lyman, but they were made by is it O House or however you say. Anyway, so like they're, they're decent 
decent beam scale. So like there was some stuff sitting around that dad had. So I kind of combined a few bits and pieces um, and, and had what I, what I needed there. Went, went a little bit ham with the dies, um, knew that I wanted to go the bushing die setup. Just, and this was all based on my personality is I do a lot of reading and I really dive into something. And I was always that way with, we raced um, national level motocross for years when I was younger. And I was always the kid that was really keen on like what difference a different set of tires could make or what difference a different, you know, setup on my suspension would make to the bike. And I was that kid that liked the parts and I liked the stuff that went with the sport. I also liked doing it, but I liked the stuff that went with it. So when I got into shooting, obviously first came the, the rifle and the scope and everything, but then more so the reloading got very specific when I like, when, you know, really dove into, all right, so what are the top guys using and how are they doing it and what are the different methods around reloading and things like that. So I, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to go bushing dies. I wanted to to run and expand a mandrel. I wanted to do all the 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 little bits and pieces that may be not too necessary, that may be a little bit more complicated than it needed to be for a first time reloader. But I wanted to do all that, um, and so I did. <laughs> so I went for it. Uh, I didn't spend huge money. Like I, I've I'm still throwing powder and and trickling up on a beam scale. So like I'm you know I'm not running an auto charge setup yet, and it's it's painfully slow but it's painfully precise it's 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 pretty accurate i've been really happy with those results so um yeah i knew that i would eventually want to get into your your fx auto charges like your you know your your top tier stuff like a lot of the guys are running and things like that so i knew that's where i'd want to go so i sort of just started with what i had knowing that there's a direction that i'm heading um, but there was a few bits I wasn't willing to compromise on, and that was, you know, really good dies, really good seating die, really good resizing die. I went with Widden stuff out of the States just because there wasn't any Reading S-types or anything available in Australia at the time when I got it. It was all just really hard to get a hard get my hands on. Um, so, yeah, I, I went hard there, and I, I think the the little expander mandrel has been a bit of a... Like, that's something that I've noticed that I'm doing that a lot of other top reloaders... You know, some are and some aren't like there's a lot of mates that are getting really good results that are like oh what do you mean you run an expandment you know they they their neck tension is just set by their sizing die and the, the ball that drags through and so i that was a little thing that i made a choice on i had a mate suggest it and then when i started reading up on it on your sniper's hide or your precision you know rifle um forums and things like that i started realizing oh this is it makes sense to me because when i had the you know virgin brass I, I wanted to develop a load i bought a sort of 300 pieces of virgin brass and i wanted to develop a load with that rather than shoot it all and then start developing a load i want to develop a load and have it pretty close so then i was like oh well neck tension is going to play a bit of a part in that so if i set the neck tension with an expander mandrel from the virgin brass it and then redo it each time it, it'll be it should be pretty consistent across the board and little things like that that were yeah, that it were just choices I made based on things I was reading, and and it and it's and it's ended up working out really well. And then, um, yeah, the, the big thing I think has been not so much even how you reload or the choices you make in what components to use, but your process in how you test it and how you how you you run a you know run a ladder test or run a seating depth test and how you decide to go about that rather than just guessing and throwing something in there. And I'm in a fortunate position where I can load in the shed and then 
you know, drive a hundred meters down in the paddock, as you've seen at my place and, and then jump straight on the range. So I didn't have to load up you know, 50 rounds at a whole heap of different things. I could load five at a time and keep playing with something until I kind of got it, got it close. And then, um, yeah, so that's been a big one for me was identifying that, um, finding that, that seating depth has been really critical and, and, and chasing that seating depth node. Um, and then once I'm sort of locking down on that, then, you know, doing my, my ladder test across a whole heap of different charges to, to find the node and find the flat spot and, and being really clear and clinical on how I, how I go about testing those parameters to find, you know, where I want to be. And those same tests work across multiple different rifles that we've now had, you know, Maxwell was trying to find a load and he was, you know, sort of a little bit all over the place because he hadn't had the time to, you know, try out just one sort of set of components or anything. And so he, he came down to our place and I was like, well, let, let's just, let's run through this how I did with mine. And we, we, within a couple of hours, we were very easily to had a load for him that absolutely shot lights out and then took him out to a kilometre for his first time and the little punk put a round on it on his second round and I couldn't hit the things for <laughs> 10, 15 shots or something. So, um so yeah, those those methodologies are out there for people to read about and to learn from other people that know way more than I do. Like I'm a, I'm a beginner in this and I'm going to be open about that, that I'm so infant in this. But I feel like I've been able to find the resources I need to get me to where I want to be. And we sort of want to start sharing that with everyone else about, hey, like, you know, look to this guy, lean on this guy's YouTube video, you know. You want to set up a resizing die and bump the shoulder tooth out? Eric Cortina has a video on YouTube that shows you exactly how to do it, and you you follow that video, and you, you know it should work if you do if you're doing it properly. It worked for me, and it should work for other people. So, um, yeah, that's that's sort of that's a quick overview, I guess, of my of my journey. There has been some issues and problems along the way, but oh, and there there continually will be. But I love that uh, I love that attitude of the like really researching and developing into it because a lot of guys take up uh, shooting and, and really enjoy that and then sort of reloading comes as a package deal because yeah. they what they want to get into and then they're not super excited about the reloading side of things but they know they need to do it and they sort of do it because it's part of it. I'm, I'm very much talking about myself here. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I reload because I need to reload. Uh, and you know, for either cartridges I run or to get the accuracy that you want, yeah. you do that. But you haven't necessarily got that additional passion to. Yeah. Um, you don't to shoot one whole groups. Well, <laughs> well, I guess what I'm saying is that the because you get a lot of joy from yeah. what I know of the actual process of reloading and testing, and yeah. and and people love that process. Yeah. Uh, I much prefer the hitting the target bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and which is absolutely fine because that's just their different personalities, and that's why I think yeah this this is going to suit you sitting in this chair doing yeah. doing that side of things uh, yeah. immensely, and and you'll learn some you'll ask awesome questions of your guests that that perhaps you know others wouldn't have thought of. So because you you'll have a deep curiosity, you already have a deep curiosity of how to get better with this and do that. Um, yeah, and uh, it's awesome that you are. Uh, at that point in your journey where you are, uh, yeah, you, you're a competent reloader. You know, you can make good ammo. You can show people how to make good ammo. But there is this massive world that is still untapped of all these things you can do and yeah. some stuff that some people will swear by has no effect for you uh, and, and vice versa. And I think that that will be fascinating to see um, things that you discover and find out yeah. and share that with uh, your listeners as, yeah. as well as... 
um, you know, some of the information that would be gets sort of uh, drawn out of the, your guests and as the well. Guests, yeah, and and that's mm. that's what I'm really excited about because, like like I said to you, man, I've I've never even used an annealer yet. I've never I've I haven't had to trim cases yet. Like I'm I'm that infant into it. It's like only been like a couple of months. So I've I've done what I needed to do to get the results I wanted very quickly. But then there's going to be the longevity of it and, and speeding the process up and finding about, you know, get, getting rid of processes maybe that I'm doing that I don't need to do and then finding that out of, from people who have been doing it for longer and have figured out what works and what doesn't work. And you, you've just jumped back into reloading. I have. Yeah. And after. so how long, how long had it been since you'd reloaded? I'm trying to think it would, it would definitely have been three, three years I'm pretty confident because the last time I reckon I reloaded was for my 338. We were actually out at a property trying to shoot 2,000 metres and so uh, so we are reloading on there. No internet access, no great data, uh, not a lot of history of data with that gun with the powder I was running. What components were you running to do that? Uh, I think I ended up using Sierra Match Kings, uh, 300 grainers, uh, in triple two five. Uh, powder, yep. and that's uh, in federal gold match primers because that's what I was using Megan ones. Yeah, do you remember how how much powder was going? <coughs> I there? could not tell you a, a thing whole thing about it because whatever we did, it was literally just to achieve that purpose yep. that day when we were doing a bit like you, like load load five, go out out the back door, shoot a hundred meters, like oh, it's good, it's good enough, and then go out to to try and shoot distance. Nothing about it was ideal. Yeah. Nothing about it was would be what I would recommend anyone to try. Uh, so let's not delve too much into <laughs> <laughs> But I think prior to that, so um, I had a friend of mine who graciously did a lot of reloading for me because uh, we were pretty flat out at that time. And and so it's been, it's probably been four years, maybe four and a half years since I've really sort of on a regular basis reloaded. And I tell you what, it's a fascinating process going back into it. Because I was never a, a stunning reloader. I just I did what I needed and yeah. you know knew a bit about what I needed to do and, and those things. Yeah. I got, knew a, a reasonable amount, you know, some fairly in depth processes and stuff. But uh, I I'm now having this issue where I remember too much, but I might be missing key points. Mm. And so I've got this like this wealth of knowledge that I can draw on, but I. I'm, I'm actually worried that I remember points one, two, four, and seven, and I forget that I I have missed the others yeah. in between. And I'm like, so I'm actually ultra cautious reloading right yeah, now because yeah. I'm just like I, yeah, I, I need to make sure I remember every single step yeah. of that. Otherwise, I might miss one little step of this yeah. more complex process. You know what? I'm just not going to do that process. Let's pretend we don't know that process. Yeah, or okay. That part of it. So and bring it back to a more simple baseline. Mm, so yeah. I've gone extremely simple, extremely basic uh, on getting back into it, and literally just the the, the bare minimum of putting yeah. the powder in and the primers and the and the, uh, even talked about that out of order. Putting the primers in, yeah, <laughs> putting the powder in, and putting the projectiles in, and yeah. and going and shooting. Very sort of basic stuff. Yeah. I, I very much feel like I'm restarting, yeah. but uh, with with this knowledge, I have to just make sure is correct yeah. uh, and up to date. Yeah. And what are you at the moment? What are you loading for? What is the rifle that sort of sp- I, spiked your your interest or your need to get back into this and, and and give us a bit of a rundown on what you're running at the moment? Yeah. So that is my hot dog rifle, yeah. uh, as it's affectionately known. Yeah. 
uh, is a six mil Creedmoor yeah. on an impact action with a swan barrel in a KG whiskey, uh, and it's uh, six. Six more Creedmoor, did I say yeah, that? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. You had to say Creedmoor one more time. You couldn't Creedmoor. help yourself. And then like, the Creedmoor ferry pops up. Is that the deal? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Perfect. Still, still waiting. I'm like really resisting right now saying that I'm also running a Creedmoor, but I'm not going to say it. Don't, don't no, mention that. No one would. No, no. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mention that. No one. <laughs> so so what, um, what components are you running? So at the you? moment I've, I've loaded 50 rounds for it. That's all I've shot through. It was yep. 108 uh, ELDs from Hornady yep. uh, with 2209. And I started at 40 grains, and that's where I just loaded up 50 rounds. And, and because of that, I, I really just wanted to get started and, and do that. I made I made the grave mistake. See, this is how much attention and how long it's been. I went and bought primers. I'm like, oh, everyone's running out of primers. I better go and hook up a couple of thousand primers. Went down to the shop, bought primers. I'm like, hey, I just need some larger rifle primers. And mm. away we go. But you were running, running Lapua Brass. Yeah, then I, then I realised when I went primer. to reload, I'm like, no, that's a dumb mistake. This is small primer territory, and I've bought large primers, and um, luckily enough, I had about a hundred left. Oh, wow! <laughs> so okay, it's it's just it's so easy to uh, not think these things through because back when you know the the last stuff I would have reloaded for, with the exception of the three three eight, was my two sixty. That was the last sort of comp gun I ran, and then I also was running a three oh eight, sort of similar time. So large rifle was you just walk down yeah. and do that. Yeah. The only thing I uh, used my small rifle primers were for the occasional two to three uh, sort of bulk batches that I would do. And so very rare for me to have small rifle primers. That was often just factory ammo. And so I didn't even think that 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 was what I was needing. Because you could have used either, like if you went the Hornady brass option for the six Creed, obviously that's, that's large rifle primer. Yeah I, yeah, I assume so. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> they're, they're, they're six five Creedmoor is large rifle primers. Yeah. So I'm assuming they're six Creedmoor yeah, as well. Hornady is yeah. the, the large one, and so yeah, I didn't even think. And t- maybe in my defence, I grabbed Hornady brass first. Yeah, before you grabbed home, the Lapua, and then yeah. went, "What am I doing? I've got Lapua brass." <laughs> so I grabbed that. So I can't even remember the timing if I bought the primers when I had the Hornady brass aside. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe Might I'll use run, that as my excuse. You run back out the shed and see what you got left. <laughs> Check it or out. I'll, or I'll go home with your large rifle primers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've got to see if I can get some small rifle primers. Otherwise, I might be uh, getting the hammer out and getting creative. Yeah, with I, might the some, I might have some in the shed. <laughs> I might have some that came with my whole heap of reloading gear. There you go. There you go. Nice. So yeah, that's cool. Cool. Yeah, so and it's, it's an interesting journey at the moment. And I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to this and, and being able to, sort of filter a lot of that knowledge to sort of cross-check the stuff that I remember, yeah. maybe the, the, the elements that I've forgotten, and make sure that the process I'm thinking about doing are actually going to pay off. We had a quick discussion yesterday about, like, expander mandrels, and you were sort of questioning me about, you know, why I was doing that process or how, how I thought that was important. And, and so that was even something there that maybe has i don't know i wouldn't say it's changed because it's been happening for a long time but maybe it's becoming more prevalent in how people do things like the the game what i'm kind of getting at is the game is is changing and updating and information's becoming more available so there's probably things now that are, are different or there's top guys doing things that are different now than when you last reloaded so it'll be interesting to see what what bits and pieces you add to your reloading that you maybe didn't do previously i think in the competition world uh things follow trends yeah. and so it, it comes about in, in many ways where a couple of guys who are top shooters who start, you know, getting really good results, everyone wants to know what they are doing yeah. and, and then starts, you know, oh, they're doing this process. Oh, let's copy that process and let's yeah. start, 
you know, and they're obviously doing that process for a reason. And then, you know, six months, 12 months, 18 months later, someone else starts winning matches and you're like, oh, what are they doing? And, and a lot of guys, a lot of guys uh, jump around and sort of keep trying to keep up with whomever's doing. So it's the same with gear. It's the same with optics. It's the same with sort of every, every element. And so people will, people often change. I think it's really important to sort of find a process that you like. If if something new comes around, what I what I like about your mentality about it, if something new comes around or something old comes back around again, is that you'll you'll test it and you'll check it and you'll yeah. see, hey, all right, this process here does that actually does that actually improve what I'm doing? And and I think that's really important because a lot of people just jump onto the trend mm, without and, testing it against what they're already doing. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, this, there's there's, there's got to be an element, and it'd be interesting to know, but there's got to be an element that's men- mental, yeah. uh, with with reloading because there, there is certainly some element, or there are certainly some processes that you do that because you've always done them and and they they've never not worked mm-hmm. that you just do because that's part of the like like weighing cases and weighing projectiles. And well, uh, have you tested it? No, I haven't. Ah, because so I, you can't, you can't. I took the I took the option of going like, oh, someone else has told me that I don't need to do this <laughs> this this really lengthy process, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. 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 All I, the all the painful stuff I tried to find answers for to get rid of it. Mm, well, I, I suspected at <laughs> some point you'll uh, you'll interview someone who swears by yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a cool cuz then I, I look forward to hearing their reasons why. Mm. Yeah, I think that'll be that'll be good. So there's there are all these things that come around. Well, I've forgotten how we got the here, but yeah, um, th- you know, th- there is you know expanded manual type things like that. Those things go around, and they're not to say, and that's that's the joy of reloading is there's such a uh, a, a wide variety mm. of things and processes you can do uh, that um, yeah, will be it'll be interesting for you to find out all of them and all yeah. the details and how they work. Yeah, and, and like you said, it is very trend heavy. Than, and what I was reading and looking at, everyone was like swearing by, you know, Reading S type, you need a bushing die, you need a bushing die. And I, I bought dies before I'd even actually played with one, before I'd even loaded around. So I didn't even really know what a die did, you know what I mean? So I'm reading these things going, I need this specific die. But then when you get it in your hands and you, you start playing with it, and you actually realize the function of what everything's doing. Okay, all that does is that just squishes the brass back down to like a, a size that will fit in my chamber and it's got to do the same thing consistently each time you start to go oh well yeah like i get the point of this little bushing allows me to not you know over crush the neck or whatever i'm not working the brass too much but oh maybe it's getting me a little bit more concentricity on the neck or whatever but then you start to go an, a normal standard sizing die would still do exactly the same job and some people like in some cases it may do it better like yeah there's some you know forced to make a really good just normal straight non-bushing die that a lot of people swear by they reckon it's super consistent and so then i started to go well shit i i just spent more money than i needed to on something i could have gone a a simpler option um so yeah you're right you do catch on like you've got to be careful you don't just jump on that bandwagon or in that forum where everyone's sort of being really vocal about what they need or what they swear by you've got to kind of sift through that and go oh what that would be nice or what do i but versus what do i actually need and so I think that's, you know, that with the projectile warehouse YouTube stuff, that's sort of what we're going to explore, whether you're going to have those two worlds of like, well, this is what you actually need just to kind of make around and get it down range. And then this is the other side of it where it's like these are the complexities of where you could go if you wanted wanted to get into it. So how are you, um, how are you throwing your powder at the moment? That's a really – because there's some dudes that really not get – I'm not going to say caught up because it is important and I pay a lot of attention to it on – 
standard deviation and extreme spread and finding a node like a velocity node there's a lot of people that that is the be all and end all and i put a lot of time and energy into that i'm i'm throwing my chronograph on my rifle way too often i should just shoot it more rather than <laughs> rather than check like oh is this batch yeah. the same as the last batch and oh yeah it is just trust yourself but mm. um it's still kind of nice to know but like for you what are you what are you doing at the moment because a lot of dudes are really yeah that's a big topic all sorts of things yeah so i currently run a Hornady I get this name wrong, but the Auto Charge Pro, the the latest sort of auto thrower from Hornady, and uh, we did a video with with Plushy. I'm sure you interview yeah. at some time, and we, he's got one of the I think a V3 Auto Trickler, yeah. and we put them side by side, and no surprises, the one that cost three times as much uh, smashed the Hornady. It was much more consistent. We only did a few rounds, although we've done a few since, and and it is definitely better, but it's also three times the price, and it's yeah. just out of the budget. You know, just flat out out of the budget for the time being. And and the amount that you're currently shooting at the moment probably doesn't justify it. Like you're going to try and shoot a lot more this year, but it's plan. you're n- probably not going to be shooting as much as Plushy, I wouldn't say so. Probably not, probably not, but um, the, certainly the plan. But even that aside, like it just, you know, the, the couple of thousand dollars versus $700 mm. uh, is, is much, uh, you know, much easier to digest at yeah. the moment. And so... It seems fine, and, and probably one of the real factors is I I don't shoot as well as plushy, so I'm probably not going to see the the benefit uh, that that perhaps spending the extra money to get that couple of percent or eight percent or half a percent refinement over what I'm doing, I might have uh, possibly have more fires. But we're, we're really uh, early days with it, and so my my plan is to load several hundred and, and then get that thing sort of worn in i guess if there's a wearing process with them and, and then uh put it up against plushies for a much more in-depth test than the one we did which was only about you know a handful of rounds um all powder charges that we did yeah. so i'm looking forward to seeing how it goes um yeah across a longer period of time keeping the data on it um so i mean so far i'm happy i, I used to use one of the the original hornady ones and they weren't great there was all they, they overthrew a lot and and yeah, there was a lot of variation in them. They seem fine once you play with some settings, but this one, at the moment, I haven't had to touch any settings, and I think I've had one overthrow out of, you know, 100 or something uh, from from that. So, yeah, I, so far so good. Uh, I have I have used uh, dual charge masters previously. Yeah, uh, this was, that was my old rig. So yeah. two two um, running two charge masters, masters. Yeah. charge masters, and they were they were good. That was that was quick. And I have certainly done the powder dropping and and trickling and all of that. I think I've done sort of most of the variations. Yeah, yeah. So, ah, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and a lot of that is like just time, isn't it? Like I'm I'm still on a beam scale. Like I said, I'm running the beam scale and and trickling up to my charge way, and it's been super consistent and really precise. But I'm, I'm now wanting to now now that I've got the load and I, and I know how to sort of tune the load. I'm like sweet. Like now I'm dialed. Now I go all right, well, now I want to make 300 of them. And I go, oh, the hours that's going to take me to do that with the sort of, you know, sitting there trickling each one up and, and, and watching the beam closely and making sure I'm landing it right in the middle each time. So it's it's all, you you can make really good ammunition without those fancy products, but then they speed things up and, and maybe make things a bit more, you know, user-friendly for, for a lot of people. Um, There's a definite uh, correlation between... Uh, the amount you spend on your gear and the speed that you can achieve quality results at. Yeah. 
and so you can you can certainly buy some cheaper stuff and still match the speed, but the the quality drops off. Yeah. Or you can spend less and make as good, if not better, rounds. Yeah. But it the takes speed drops off. It's yeah. much more time intensive. Whereas there there is this sort of pinnacle, uh, if that's what you're chasing, where you can make ultra ultra accurate rounds, but you have spent a ton of money to do it quickly. Yeah. And that's where things like the the AMP uh, annealers with the auto sort of loaders plus you know a garage trimmer which is a super quick trimmer you're talking three seconds sort of per case plus you know your your auto tricklers guys run multiple auto tricklers um, you can achieve all of those same things with with different com- cheaper components but it's going to take you twice as long more than twice as long yeah. <laughs> it's going to take you a lot longer so it's uh, it, there certainly is a, a balance a balance there. Well, it's something we sort of just wanted to like if, if there's people listening to the podcast that are thinking about getting into reloading or new another thing that we really wanted to to enforce was like just encouraging people to have a go like that was a big thing about your impact dynamic podcasts and stuff that were um you you were always encouraging people to just run what they brung was as, as far as guns as far as in and that's how i got started i had a remington 7600 which is a, a pump action 308 with a little one to seven scope on it and i thought i had to have a new rifle before i could shoot long range and then i realized well no if i get the data on on what my you know bullets are doing projectiles are doing in this gun i can take this gun out to distance maybe not that well or on a small target but i and so that encouraged me to just to get out there and have a crack with the 308 first before i i, I went the route that I ended up going for the PRS setup. But it's the same thing for reloading. Like if you've if your dad has an old, you know, press sitting around that needs to be cleaned off or whatever, don't be af- like don't think that that's not going to work because it will. Go go get the components that you already have there. Maybe buy one or two, you know, bits and pieces to help you out. Um take precautions obviously because you're dealing with, you know, dangerous things, but just get into it. Like you you can get pretty proficient at it pretty quickly if you're willing to do the research and take the time and, and look at how all these components work and 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 yeah just 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 have a crack sort of what we wanted to wanted yeah to say. absolutely agree with that and uh, i think your your story which we're about to do another video on actually some of the stuff how you got into uh, all the the shooting bits and pieces you're into so look out for that on the impact he's a cross promotion yeah. impact dynamics channel check that one out with taylor but yeah, looking looking forward to it. So uh, I, I'm excited to see what comes out of your uh, podcasting journey, mate. I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, your curiosity about reloading, where that leads to, and and the people you chat with. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm keen. I think I'm going to learn a ton out, out of it. I think there's a few guys you've got. I know you've got lined up who uh, you, you certainly they'll they'll be back several times because they can go super super deep on some stuff and that's where i think it's wonderful to have this sort of longer format to be able to deep dive some some stuff and speak to some better reloaders than me uh, who will really give you a lot to sink your teeth into yeah for sure and if there's anyone that like people want us to get a hold of like that'd be cool reach out find a way to get in contact with myself or rusty and hey i know a guy that makes this amazing ammo or swears by this weird voodoo magic that he does and it and it, and it works every single time we want to hear about his weird voodoo magic oh yeah that sounds that sounds good mm. that sounds good and then also have you done anything with pistol reloading or any of that sort of stuff no i haven't it'd be no. interesting to to yeah. delve into some of that world as well yeah because to give the full complete picture because yeah yeah there's I, i've had some 
like I was telling you, the, the guy that used to reload my uh, my hunting rifle, um, which I'm still shooting his reloads, by the way, because I have a whole heap of them still there that I haven't got through yet. Um, he shoots pistols, so I've watched him reload pistols. I've watched him make his own cast like lead projectiles and oh, things. That's another. That's another yeah. area completely. Totally, and we've actually run. He made up a batch of cast lead. 308 projectiles for me to run through my 308 at a reduced load so they wouldn't just melt themselves down the barrel. But I shot them as sort of practice rounds early on when I had my rifle. He, he made them up and was like, here you go, use these for plinking or whatever. And I, I don't think we took any game with them. I can't remember. It was quite a while ago. But, yeah, that's a whole other world, making your own bullets. In a, in a mm, lots of, sounds like all sorts of things are on the table. Well, all the best with it. All right, just wrapping up, guys. Thanks heaps for listening to the first episode of From the Bench. Uh, we're going to get more in-depth and we're going to find out some great things on this journey. So I'm glad you guys are listening. Uh, this was presented by Projectile Warehouse. They're really helping us out with um, being able to put this on and make this happen. So, yeah, follow those guys. Get on board with this and like and subscribe, all, the, all of the things, and share it around to your friends. And if you've got questions, hit us up. Find a way to contact us and, and we'll try and answer those questions as best we can. Thank you.